please rise in body or in spirit for the call to worship. First Unitarian, we weave all ages into all we do to support each other at each stage of our lives. That goal of a church for all ages is named in First Unitarian's strategic plan as part of our unique and irresistible calling. We give thanks for our ancestors and remember our responsibility to our descendants. Through the week, this chalice abides, cupped and silent. Softly it gleams in a dimly lit room, complete unto itself. Today, we come together as a community of faith, joyful and free. Our individual energies combine to spark the flame of truth. May we each draw strength for the other, and like the chalice, may we be bathed in the fire of commitment to social justice, equity, and peace. These are the words of Martha Kirby Capo. Come, let us worship together. Please join, please join me in singing number 1010 in the turquoise hymnal, We Give Thanks. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day, for all gathered here and those far away. For this time we share with love and care. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. Oh, we give thanks for this precious day. For all gathered here and those far away for this time we share with love and care oh we give thanks for this precious You may be seated. And as they used to say to me, stand up, but I'm already standing. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Unitarian. I am Anna Watkins, and I am pleased to include you in this multi-generational service. We're so glad you're here. Whether you are in the sanctuary or the fellowship hall or with us via Zoom, for those in the sanctuary, let's wave to the camera behind the piano to say hello to our Zoom attendees. We enjoy having children with us and have special spaces for them. An activity table at the back of the sanctuary, the family room across the hall where the service is live streamed, and the new playground at the front of the sanctuary. No matter what your age, welcome to our coming of age service. Let's move into a time of stillness. So find yourself a comfortable seat whatever is comfortable for your body today. Maybe feel your feet resting on the ground, 
Maybe feel your spine straighten a bit, if that's right for your body today. Let your hands feel supported. Let's take a deep breath. In this softer space, I invite you to picture yourself as being 13 or maybe 14. And if you're not yet 13, just picture yourself as you are now. Consider, how did your body feel then? Or how does your body feel? Consider, how did you think about your body? What emotions were attached to your body? Think about where you were, who your family and friends were or are. You may feel homesick you may feel angry or nostalgic or sad. All of your feelings are okay. Think about what advice you wish you could give to your 13-year-old self. Finally, Surround your 13-year-old self in love. See that glow around them. And holding that image, let's move into a time of stillness. weeks we carry so much, carry so much for the larger world, carry so much for our families, loved ones, 
biological families, families of choice. Let's bring forward those cares. And at the sound of the, at the sound of the chime, we'll speak what's on our hearts into our shared sanctuary. Adding to these, we grieve with Jean Sorrells Jones, whose son died suddenly this week. May she feel the love and care of this congregation carrying her in this difficult time. And we pray for Reverend Todd Taylor, who served First Unitarian back in the 1980s, and who passed away earlier this year. And everyone is invited to a simple ceremony to remember Reverend Taylor and place his ashes in our cinderarium that's happening in the Memorial Garden at 12.15 today. As we remember Reverend Taylor, may we be ever grateful for his leadership and teaching. These and all that is on our hearts, we lift up to the love that surrounds us. And we lift up all those who find the courage to adopt new ideas, new pursuits, new ways of being. We give thanks for those who summon the courage to make that scary leap to join a new church. May they be welcomed and supported and appreciated. And we give thanks for our elders, past and present, who love this church into being year after year. May we remember that their energies and ideas are the foundation upon which we are building the church to, be, to meet new days and new challenges. And we give thanks for children who are the future of our church. We give thanks for joyful noises, exuberant bodies in motion, and their living proof that there is always hope. May their parents feel our support, and may we be ready to change to welcome them. And we celebrate our coming of age youth. May they become even more engaged in the life of this congregation. And may we be ready to listen and learn from them. And may we all be held in the heart of love. Love be with you. Our first reading will come from Susan Morrison Hebel. Coming of age never really ends. It's a regenerative and cyclic process, moving a bit forward, a bit back, seeming more an adult one minute, less so another. We are children forever, but as adults of whatever faith suits us, we accept the joys, the responsibilities of adulthood. We come to terms with the potential for sorrow and loss, for love and continuity, for solitude and community, for vulnerability and strength. Most important, we promise to take care of those coming of age after us, not necessarily catching them perhaps, but cushioning them a bit as they fall off that cliff to adulthood. Our second reading today is The Voice by Shel Silverstein. There is a voice inside of you that whispers all day long. I know that this is right for me, I know that this is wrong. No teacher, preacher, parent, friend, or wise man can decide what's right for you. Just listen to the voice that speaks inside. Our final reading is Child's Play by Nikita Gill. It always begins when we are children, with imaginations so big we put whole universes to shame. Whilst running and playing and shouting in the white hot sun before prejudices stop our feet. We tell each other stories layered with childlike epiphany and fiery self-belief. We squabble over who gets to play the princess or the hero prince. 
None of us want to be the dragon that is slayed, nor the ogre, nor the witch. Right there, in our child's mind, we decided everyone can only be very evil or very good. We never stopped to consider that all of us are capable of doing terrible things. But if we look back and we try to truly understand and remember what we should. We have all taken turns being Red Riding Hood, and we have all been the wolf.
But in this twilight, our choices seal our fate. Good morning. The 2023 coming of age class at First Unitarian is represented by myself and the other seven youth on this platform. For the past few months, under the guidance of our advisors, Alana Rodriguez and Mira Christopher, we've been exploring the nature of beliefs, values, spiritual practices, and the ways in which we live out our faith. Instead of being told what to believe, we have the opportunity to discover and share what we each believe to be true to ourselves. Our goal has simply been for each of these youth to make their choice of a spiritual life a deliberate and considered one. We know that spiritual maturation is a process. What we find as true now may not be truth in the future. In fact, truth itself is an unfolding process. As Unitarian Universalists, we celebrate that search, that quest, which evolves and grows throughout our lives. We make space for articulating with one another where the path has taken us so far, where we stand, in what direction we gaze forward, and what is meaningful. We welcome this year's coming of age class into the privileges and responsibilities of being Unitarian Universalists. We have encouraged them, in turn, to take up the path of our free faith our liberal religion, and to show us the evidence that they have done so. They speak this morning of what to them seems true, what to them is meaningful. Hi, I'm Tiger, and this is my homily. So I wish that I could say that I'm completely comfortable in my relationships with others, comfortable with strangers, close friends, and family, but the truth is that my self-doubt definitely affects these bonds, especially when it comes to new relationships. So recently, I was watching one of those early 2000 rom-com movies called 13 Going on 30, which, looking back, seems kind of relevant to today's service. Um, and it's about this 13-year-old girl that time travels to her 30-year-old self in the future. And when she arrives in the future, she realizes that her older self has ruined almost every single relationship that she once had, um, has turned into a very overworked person, and frankly, wasn't living a very fruitful life. However, she stays true to herself and continues her life as her 13-year-old self in spirit. This action of staying young and free transforms her future life, rekindling her relationships and freeing herself from her cell of unhappiness. She acts on her feelings and, her, and lets herself enjoy life without caring about what other people think. This made me reflect about all of the missed opportunities for friendship and happiness that I've passed on the basis of seeming mature or keeping my reputation intact. I'm still working on trying my best to follow these ideals that I've set for myself, and I hope that everyone here may indulge at least a little every day. So eat that ice cream, wear that dress, roll down that hill safely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, good morning, you all. My name is Jay. So, friends and family influence people more than they could care to admit. People you're around both pick up on your mannerisms and habits, and you pick up on theirs. People are the reason you are who you are today. They can change and influence all parts of you. Your physical appearance, the way you act, the way you look at things, and your own depiction of your personality. You see, nobody can go with that influence for their entire lives. You have been taught something by someone at some point that has helped make you who you are today. Whether it have been a random person out on the street or your own parents or siblings, these people have done something that made you change because of it. Sometimes you never know you changed yourself because of something someone did. A subconscious change. People go through thousands of these per day. Whether um, Usually the people you love or the people you hang around the most are the ones who influence you as much as they usually do. The people I hang around, my family, my friends, well, they influence me the most. They make me happy, and most of them give me reasons to stay alive and keep on living my day-to-day -day life. Whether they know it or not, they have helped me change me in some way. I thank all of them for, support they, for the support they have given me throughout my life. Sierra, my mom, my dad, Umea, Finn, Carson, and the many who I have not named, thank you.
Now, I'll admit, this homily did not come easy to me, so I procrastinated a lot. One of the ways I did that was by watching Star Wars Rebels. I was at the end of the second season when an idea came to me. With my therapist, I've been working on the concept of the three minds. Basically, your three minds are your reason mind, emotion mind, and wise mind. Your reason mind is ruled by facts, logic. It's where you think things through. On the other side is your emotion mind. This is the part of your brain where you feel things. Emotion mind is ruled by feelings. Okay, now imagine a Venn diagram with reason mind, um, emotion mind on the outside, and wise mind in the middle. This is where you use both facts and your feelings to make choices. Now, back to what came to me. As I was watching the young Padawan, like a young Jedi or an apprentice, and avoiding my idealist mind, I came to the conclusion that the Sith are one huge metaphor, metaphors, for being ruled by emotion mind. In Star Wars, the Sith are known as evil or bad, so don't misunderstand me. Neither of the minds are bad. Too deep into any of them can cause problems for you, though. In the case of the Sith, they are so ruled by their emotion mind that they hurt the ones closest to them. They pretty much hurt everyone. If you think of any moment in Star Wars where there's a conflict in a character, like between light or dark, you will hear the words anger and hate, both emotion mind things. In fact, you can only be a Sith if you channel the Force through your anger and hate. On the other side are the Jedi, a group of people sworn to protect other people. They suffer from being too much into their reason mind. Whenever a Jedi uses any emotions or feelings, other Jedi shut it down. This is because to remain focused and unbiased, they can't use their emotions to make decisions. Another metaphor, yay! These sides are presented as light and dark. In the middle though, it's just nature. It's, this, it's just the force. I wanna be less like the Jedi or the Sith, who in past times I've been like. I wanna listen and hear both. I wanna use my wise mind and be at peace. Also, I forgot to introduce myself, I'm a Maya. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carson, um, and I believe that people are shaped by the actions of people around them, specifically the way people treat that person in specific, and the beliefs of others, and that it's difficult to form your own opinions. I'm still being molded and forming opinions that I'm not sure are yet 100% right or wrong, uh, or somewhere in between. People aren't particularly forgiving when it comes to other people's opinions, specifically ones they disagree with. I have watched the news and politics to help me form opinions on politics, and I still haven't come to any conclusions in some things. And others I already have core beliefs set uh, that are going to be almost impossible for me to change because I believe that they are fundamentally right. Fundamental beliefs aren't the ones that pose a challenge to me. It's the beliefs that are more controversial or difficult to talk about that are difficult for me to form an opinion about. All my opinions are formed from the people and experiences I've encountered. I only believe, that some, I only believe something is true um, because I've either heard it or have experienced it. Not often when it comes to many things do I form my own opinion based on what I believe at the core. I feel that we as a society and humanity itself needs to recognize that what we're being told isn't always accurate. If I was told by someone that red velvet cake was super disgusting and gross, and I never tried it because I believe that person right, then I wouldn't be able to experience the amazing dessert that red velvet cake is. Just like I'm telling you now that red velvet cake is delicious doesn't mean it is, to you at least. To me, it's the best kind of cake there is. Personal experiences of one person could mean something totally different to another person. And that's why it's important not to take someone's word for truth, especially on personal experiences such as how good food is or a movie or TV show. I want to clarify that you shouldn't distrust someone because of what I'm telling you. It's just so you know to take opinions into account, but don't form an opinion around someone else's words or action. I believe that it's important to know that someone's opinion, or sorry, I've been told many things my entire life about politics, about the world, from a whole range of resources, and opinions. I've only recently begun to use my own judgment to see what I truly believe. There's also a difference between facts and opinions. If someone tells me that Mount Everest is the tallest mountain, but I decide that it isn't true, it's Mount Denali instead or something, then that isn't how I should use judgment at all. If someone tells me that I should vote for a candidate of a presidency instead of another, that's a good example of using my own judgment to determine who I should vote for. This principle of using your own judgment can also comes in handy with experiences. If someone told doesn't hold the hold open a door for me, that doesn't mean I shouldn't hold the door open for someone else. Back to my first sentence, however. I think that everyone is indoctrinated and influenced by the actions and beliefs of people around them. I was born and raised in a certain kind of household that does th things a certain way, and I believe those things to be normal of, or what people should do, even if it's not. 
I don't know any other lifestyle than the one I've lived. So I think it's important to not judge and influence other people's lifestyles and prejudice and first impressions. Also, our fellow cake is delicious, please try. <laughs> My name is Sarah Kennedy Sadek, and this is my homily. Many people know about a show or series called How to Train Your Dragon. I've been watching this series for a very long time. In many ways, this show has brought me much comfort. Now, some of you may be thinking, how can a series bring someone comfort at that a fictional series? It was characters and the friendships that come along with the adventures that they take. For example, the way Snotlout, who is an expressive, some might say obnoxious character, makes fun of and teases his friends. Even though he can be very expressive, he also cares about the people around him and would do his best to keep them safe. Not at the cost of his own life, though. How to Turn Your Dragon has provided me in comfort in knowing that families are chaotic in their own way. The friendship that Hiccup, Astrid, the twins Roughnut and Toughnut, Snotlout and Fishlegs all share is that, is, is that of a family. The teasing, the pranking, and the little made-up rules are all that of a family, including the, dis the disagreements. Not only is it the characters, but it's the places they go and the adventures they take. It's the way they find new people to help out, or even dragons. They create so many new friendships by doing what they normally do. Hiccup, being his usual reasonable self. Astrid, who is sarcastic and stern. The Nut Twins, Roughnut and Toughnut, who add to each other's chaos. Snotlout, being arrogant but confused. And Fishlegs, and his love to learn whatever he can about dragons. One or both of those characters I can somewhat relate to. The Nut Twins. I would say these twins somewhat represent me and Jay. For those of you who don't know, Jay is my twin brother. Me and Jay get along 90% of the time, the other 10% being our sibling squabbles. Me and Jay tend to share most things, as do the Nut Twins. The Nut Twins share a dragon that does have two heads. That would be Barf and Belch. This is how I've found comfort in the series How to Turn Your Dragon. Good morning. My name is Shane Magnuson. One thing I believe in is that my goddess is Mother Earth. The seventh principle states that we are all connected with the Earth. I feel that the goddess isn't hostile or friendly, though I think she does make me feel loved and safe. I sat in the waves on the beach when my family went to Florida, and I felt a sense of the goddess hugging me. How can I not love her back? Most of the time I don't get to go to the beach. I spend a lot of time playing Minecraft. For those of you who don't know what Minecraft is, it's a simulation of blocks built together to look like a replication of Earth. The best part for me about it, this is that you can do anything to the limits of your imagination. When I first learned how to play Minecraft six years ago, I replicated my house, but then over the years, I moved on to bigger projects such as Hogwarts. Sometimes I didn't want to make replications, so I let my imagination go wild. However, as much as it is a very creative simulation, it is very different from the goddess Mother Earth. There are tons of limitations in the real world, and she's not infinite like Minecraft is. We take her resources for granted, and there are serious consequences. Climate change is happening because we keep taking from our goddess. Her love will do us no good if we don't give it back. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lily. I believe I believe, I believe. I thought about this question a lot, in the car, between place to place, 
sitting at a desk in class while I swam, laying in bed at night, anywhere and any time I could, I thought about it. And right now, I have an answer. I don't really know. <laughs> but I'll tell you a few things I did find out. The more I thought about what I believe, the more I found out how connected things are. On a surface level, I know you, you know me. We're friends, family, classmates. But the deeper you go, the more we are connected. I may not know you, but I bet I know someone who does. A friend of a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend. It's like a grove of aspens. Each person is their own tree, seemingly alone. But if you look under the surface of all these trees are connected. The second thing I learned was that change is always going to happen. It's part of life. As the seasons will change, so will we and everything around us. Some very small and slow and hair getting longer or growing taller and some very fast, like getting into a relationship or losing a job. And more I thought about change itself, I thought about how it isn't just black and white change. It's not just good and bad. You can find the good in the bad change and bad in the good. It's just what you do with the change that matters, how you deal with it. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rose. Let's talk about music. I listen to a lot of music. I probably listen to music every day, in fact, and I think it's become a huge part of who I am today. When people tell me they don't listen to music, I wonder how that's even possible, because that's how much it's a part of my life. I think music is incredibly powerful. It brings scenes together in movies. It accompanies major events in everyone's lives. It can be the thing that makes your memories memorable. Music brings up emotions. When you hear a song that your friend used to listen to, you think of them. You get happy or you get sad, but either way, it made you feel something. It's inspiring in such a specific way. You can listen to it as you do anything, and it can give you ideas, even if that's not what you were looking for by listening. The last part of this statement is only in here because of the music I was listening to. It was inspiring, and it gave me an idea. Thank you, Suki Waterhouse. I think music is one of the best ways to express yourself ever. Whenever I start talking to someone, one of the first things I ask them is what they listen to music on. I'll ask for their account and stock any playlists they've made as soon as I get home, because I'm that kind of person. Listening to other people's music is what makes me feel connected to them. It helps me understand who they are and what they believe in. It's also an incredible way to get closer to someone. Some of my closest friends were made by talking about music. Once, I was so excited to talk about music with someone that I completely lost track of time. We talked for two hours. If you were to do what I do and stalk my own playlist, you'd find it's pretty similar to my beliefs. There is a little bit of everything, and it changes as time goes on. Stuff gets added and removed. I'm not at all ashamed of my interests and beliefs, especially when it comes to music. I like letting people just enjoy their lives and like what they like. And I live by that rule for religion as well. Just believe what you want to believe and let me do that too. That's how I believe people should act about pretty much everything in life. Just live and let live. I'm trying to appreciate more in life and be less pessimistic. And one of the good ways I found to do it is to compare it to my experiences with music. Now, this isn't quite a metaphor, sorry, Mira, but it is a simile. When you listen to a good song, there's a moment where the climax hits, the bass drops. It just gets so good that you can't help but stop and feel it. And when you notice that moment, you close your eyes and you listen and you appreciate the rhythm and the melody and the lyrics. I think we should all try living our lives like we're listening to a really good song. And just notice, notice when it gets good. Thank you.
Change and growth surround us always. If we aren't paying attention, we may fail to grieve the losses or celebrate emergent beauty. This morning, we pause to recognize that a great transition is taking place in the lives of these youth and in the lives of everyone who cares for them. As children grow, there come times when our children are less like children, and it is clear that they are becoming adults. It's important for us to recognize and affirm these moments as a congregation. We watch these children grow before our eyes, from seeing them play in the courtyard at coffee hour to worshiping beside us. They become our peers. Cahill Gibran describes this in his poem on children. Your children are not your children. They are the descendants of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite and bends you with might that the arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. Please rise and body your spirit and join us in our responsive reading found as an insert in your order of service. Once you held my hand and guided me across the street. Once you held me in your lap and read to me. Once you gave me food and shelter, worried over me and kept me safe. Once you were the center of my life, everything I had came from you. may be seated. As a token of congratulations on completing the coming of age class and a recognition that you are beginning to enter the world of adulthood within this community, we have a gift for you. We have for each of you a chalice, which by the way was made by a congregant or a member of this congregation. This day you begin your life as an of age Unitarian Universalist. This pendant symbolizes your new status and the new privileges and responsibilities. Tiger Lily Malecki. Rose Malecki. Carson Mayo. Lily Cochran. Shane Magnuson. Jay Kennedy Sadik. Umea Renz Whitmore. And Sierra Kennedy Sadik.
Starting this day and for the next several years, La McCoy, the church's high school youth group, welcomes and cherishes your participation. Starting this day and forever afterward, full membership in this congregation is open to you, should you choose it, with the opportunity to make a pledge, serve on committees carrying out the work of Unitarian Universalism, and vote at congregational meetings on the policies by which this faith community governs itself. Let the chalice represent your achievement of that status. And now we have the privilege to make financial gifts to our church and our community. Our Change for the Future recipient is Seed to Need, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to reduce food insecurity and to improve nutrition in our community by providing a steady supply of garden fresh, locally grown produce to, the, to food pantries. To support Seed to Need, place your loose coins in the offering basket or use a PU envelope marked CFF. We will now greatly accept your offering. Oh my gosh, these youth, right? Yay! Amazing. Thank you everyone on behalf of the congregation and on behalf of Seed to Need for your generosity. May it further many good ministries, many nourishing works. Thank you, ushers. All right, we have some invitations to share with you. Attention, attention, what? this is the voice of God. Oh, I created everything on earth, including Texas and Florida. 
but hey, anyone can make a mistake. God? That's right. God's a woman with a Texas accent. Oh. <laughs> I've been Zooming with my weather god friends, Zeus and Jupiter. We're preparing to send the monsoons to Albuquerque. Are you ready? Have you fixed the RE roof? Ah. Have you bought umbrellas for all the children and teachers? Ah, <laughs> uh, you heard it. God is watching our Raise the Roof campaign. <laughs> it's really short, everybody, if you recall when it launched uh, just last week. Uh, it's only three weeks long. We're one week in. We need at least $240,000 to fix the roof on the RE building. It's very leaky. And we are off to a really, really great start. After just this first week, we have $43,724, friends. So we're, we are off to a very promising beginning. I always say I help those who help themselves. So come on, donate to raise the roof, because if you don't, you may need to raise funds to build an ark for the children and teachers. <laughs> God sounds like she's going to open up a can of you know what, we don't fix that roof. You can donate by going to the church website or logging into your account in Realm or mailing or dropping off a check at the office, and every $1,000 saves $410 in the interest we would have to pay if for taking out a loan to cover this. So we're trying to take out the smallest possible loan. $410 saved for every $1,000 raised. We already have raised $43,000, so I can't do the math that fast, but we're already saving quite a bit. You have something to say. I do, absolutely. Is this service making you curious about working with our youth? Hey, look at, look at this wonderful group of people up here. Yeah. If so, you're invited to visit Mia Noren in the social hall, the wonderful Mia Noren, to learn more about our youth program and what youth advisors do. You are also still invited to that workshop we've been telling you about, the one that's hosted by the Leadership Succession Committee and taught by the fantastic Nancy Bowen. This is one to help folks discover their learning style and preferences when it comes to plugging in here at First Unitarian. We know that everybody has strengths and ways to give back and serve, and this workshop will help with that. There will be a table in the social hall after the service for more info, and the workshop is next Saturday. There is no chat table today, but we'll see you next week. And here's an invitation for further conversation when we do have the chat tables and beyond. Who was an adult who wasn't a family member who had a positive influence on your life? Or for younger folks, who's an adult outside your family now who has a positive influence in your life good for that are there any first or second time visitors here today who feel comfortable identifying themselves by raising their hand so we can welcome you with applause maybe you came to watch a family member this morning any first or second timers or if there's anybody on zoom who hasn't identified themselves yet we invite you to put your name and location in the chat box so we can greet you personally. How many folks are on Zoom, Eric? 51 logged in on Zoom this morning, so at least double who's here in body. <laughs> Welcome to all. I invite everybody to rise in body or spirit and greet each other with the peace of the morning. We put one hand over our hearts and we just extend the other one out. Peace.
We welcome our young adults, go in peace and practice radical love. <laughs> 